Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, text them in, 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. We'll try to throw some of those questions John's way before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Hey, I was I was looking at some of the transcripts of uh, Bobby Wagner speaking with the media earlier yeah. today. And there, he was somebody asked about his future with the Seahawks beyond this season, given you know his, his cap number, his age. And his quote was, obviously, there are going to be changes. Whether I'm part of the changes, I don't know. What do, what do you make of that? Do you think he's? Do you think there could be a change? Is there going to be uh, they approach him to restructure? What do, what do you think happens with I him? I think they approach him to restructure. Now, again, cap-wise, they're in great shape. If, if you carry over the $12, $13 million they have from this year, they're going to be over $75 million in cap room. And so it's not like they need to cap. But uh, I think right now with his price and the way it is and his age and everything else that, uh, you know, he'll probably have to restructure, take a little bit less. But I don't see, you know, why he wouldn't. And again, why wouldn't you bring back a guy that set the record this year for team tackles and, you know, has been one of the great tacklers in the league, is a Pro Bowl type player? Why not? Why not bring him back? At what price do you think, John? I don't know. Hard to tell because, again, I can't tell the prices for next year because the cap's going to go up from 182.5 to 208.5. So it's like uh, nobody knows how the cap structure is going to be for contracts and everything else next season. Yeah. How about some of uh, some of the other? Well, uh, Carlos Dunlap. Well, I think uh, he's under contract, isn't he? Is he? I, I, I think he so. signed a one-year deal. No, I think. Well, he's oh. No, I think he's under contract next year. Okay. Anybody else though that? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, got, obviously Penny, right? I mean, yeah, that's Penny. A big one. I mean, you've got uh, three offensive linemen: Dwayne Brown, uh, Ethan Posick, Quandre, you know, uh, Quandre <laughs> Diggs. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Brandon Shell. I mean, those guys are all up. I mean, I think Benson Mayo is up. So it's like, uh, yeah, you you have a carry. I, I don't know if Kerry Hyder. I think he's on a one-year deal. So you got a bunch of guys that are up. Yeah, the biggest concern out of that group that you just mentioned for me, and I think mm-hmm. probably most Seahawks fans would be Quandre Diggs. Yeah, no doubt. And then do you think? You but know, of course, and, remember they can franchise him. They can. Yeah, you're right. And we still don't know what that number would be, right? No, Based I have on no the idea. Cap going up. No idea. Do you, ballpark is that like a no point? idea? No, all right. Uh, it, but in terms of what they would yeah. end up spending if they were to resign him between their two safeties. Mm-hmm. I understand they're in good a good position, as you talked about, cap-wise. Do you think that becomes a problem behind closed doors? Like, man, we are spending whatever that – not knowing the number for Quandre, but, you know, just throwing out a number. We're spending, yeah. you know, uh, let's say 30, they, 30 let's, million a year yeah, on our two yeah. safeties. Well, let's say that, uh, you know, he gets $14 million a year, which is, I think, a fair price for a safety. You got, what, 17-some in uh, Jamal Adams. And so that would be over $30 million in the two safeties. But, again, you know, Diggs is one of the best players on your team. Sign them. Yeah, you know, you're right. I'd forgotten this. That it was a two-year deal uh, yeah, with yeah. with Carlos Dunlap. But you know, um, he's kind of an interesting story this year, John. We've talked about him quite a bit, and that you know his his snap count. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the number here. It was like the last five. Now the last two games, it's definitely been up. Um, you know, since the beginning of the season. But if mm-hmm. you look at if you look at his snap count just in general, um, the last five games, he's only played average 26 percent of the snaps now he's been incredibly productive i yeah. mean 
He's got uh, 12 tackles, six sacks, uh, two passes defensed in the last five games. So, mm-hmm. But is he possibly a candidate to take a pay cut? Because, no. I mean, look, the guy has been entirely productive when you've used him. But the first part of the year, they were, only, they were using him like less than half of the, the snaps why, why, defensively. Why, why, I mean, you know, he's got to be angered enough that he didn't get the playing time, right? Yeah. <clears throat> now you come back to him and say, take a pay cut. See ya. It's like, I'll, I'm out. <clears throat> It'll be yeah. like uh, Jaron Reed. And so it's like, uh, no, I think that uh, you keep him at the salary. <clears throat> you, I mean, that was one of the concerns I had going into the season, or at least in the preseason, is that they had so many defensive ends. How are they going to look at the rotation? And I think clearly they didn't do a good job on it. Yeah, well, and it was interesting, too, uh, Bob pointed this out, that, you know, when Pete was talking about mm-hmm. why he hasn't played him, he's like, well, we got to get guys like L.J. Collier and Rasheem Green in there. And I'm like, wait, those guys aren't in the same category as Dunlap. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's that's I mean, and remember, a, like, on, on Collier, there was a couple games where he was inactive behind uh, Robert Kandichi. Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. I think he's he been active. scratch. Yeah, yeah. A lot this year. Yeah. Yeah, he's only played, I think, in eight games. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I, and Hyder did sign a two-year deal, I'm looking at. Mm. Oh, okay. So, he, so he, he's, I would say he's been a disappointment, John. I mean, he's, you know, production-wise, we Dave and I were, were sort of excited talking about him at the beginning of the year because you look, if you mm-hmm. look at his career numbers, anytime he got the opportunity to play 16 games, he was putting up, you know, eight sacks, eight and a half sacks. So it was, it was looking like, all right. But, how, but the, how many plays has he been getting? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, know. It, either way, it's disappointing, whether they're right, not no using doubt. him correctly no or his production. Yeah, because he got one sack or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's either is it, is it one or is it a half? I can't even remember. It's, oh, it's, who knows? It's, uh, but he's, that, that acquisition hasn't lived up to what I think we thought it was going to be, whether no, it's agreed. all his fault or all the team's fault. I agree 100%. Yeah, he's got a he's got a half a snap, or I'm sorry, sack. And then yeah. you look at his uh, his snaps. The percentage went fifty four, fifty eight. Then it dropped down to seventeen. Uh huh. But typically, I mean, look, he's gotten more snaps than than Carlos Dunlap. So yeah, yeah. It's just it's kind of weird. I mean, it's almost like they have too many defensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and that that was something that I worried about uh, from really the beginning of training camp and all that stuff. How are they going to sort it out? And I don't think they did a good job of sorting it out. Uh, let's see again. If you guys have questions for John, four two one three seven seven six. That's four two one ESPN. Uh, and it just refreshed on me. Where did it go? There you uh, go. Yeah. Every time I get ready to ask you, the screen refreshes. People are texting in left and right, John. But somebody was asking if, if you feel like uh, Ken Norton Jr. will be back next year as the defensive. I question coordinator. it. I definitely question it. You know, because again, I mean, you know, he's the one that's been in charge of the rotation and everything else. And you know, even though the defense, particularly in the second half of the season, has been good, I mean, there's got to be, there's got to be changes uh, on a lot of different things. And of course, I mean, you know, I have to envision that uh, you know, if there's going to be changes, there's going to be changes in the coaching staff. Now, obviously, it, it shouldn't be Pete Carroll. Uh, it's obviously John Snyder should be fine, and same thing with Russell Wilson. But again, it's like uh, you know, if you're going to be changing things, I mean, I think you need to change a little bit more. And I don't know where it stands with Gus Bradley down with the Raiders. I mean, obviously, the Raiders are having a coaching change, and you know, Gus could be available. He knows the system and everything else. You know, he could be a candidate to come in here. But overall, I think that uh, you know, I think that at the moment, you know, I, I really question with uh, uh, Ken Norton Jr., whether he'll be back next year. I never questioned him 
being here the rest of this season. I always envisioned that. That's not Pete Carroll's way, and it wouldn't be fair to Ken Norton Jr. to change him during the season. But I do wonder about after the season. Yeah. Um, hey, John, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, where's he at? I mean, he just tore his uh, his yeah. thumb, uh, yeah. I think his throwing hand thumb. And, mm-hmm. you know, now they want to get Trey Lance in there as far as his contract. They, they say he has a chance to play. But I, I just question, I mean, again, you, you hear these things coming from coaches and, you know, they're overly optimistic to a point you just don't believe them. Like, for example, I still remember for the weeks that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be out, John Harbaugh says, oh, no, he'll be able to play. And he hasn't. And again, mm-hmm. you, know, I, uh, you got uh, Kyle Shanahan saying, no, I think he has a chance to play with the thumb, but he's got a bad thumb. And it's like, you know, he's bad enough throwing with a healthy thumb. And so it's like, now you want to have him now with a bad thumb? I mean, give me a break. I don't think he's well, going to play. I guess coaches are just eternally optimistic. No, right? or they mislead. One of the two. Yeah. So what is his future then? Uh, get traded. Well, where is his future, I guess? Is I don't know where, question. but it gets traded. Yeah. Somebody, I mean, again, somebody will trade for him because they need quarterbacks. And say what you want, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks available in the market next year. Hey, I, I know it's early for this, but yeah. uh, there were some people talking about this year's mm-hmm. draft. And, you know, you said, I think earlier uh, when we talked to you that for quarterbacks, yeah. it's, it's not great. No. But but somebody asked, and I can't find the dang thing, but there was a text about, you know, with a lot of guys because of COVID graduating in 2022 mm-hmm. or something like that, like over the next couple of years, how will COVID, do you think, um, affect these drafts? Well, COVID is going to make this draft a great one. Yeah, because, again, what happened with COVID is you had uh, the seniors say a second – because you had the extra senior year for a lot of guys uh, from the previous year. So they've had two senior years. And so that's where it was short on draft choices uh, this year. It's going to be heavy on draft choices next year. So I think that that means it should be a pretty good draft. So, like, even though certainly it's not good that the Seahawks don't have their first-round pick, but that second-round pick that they have is going to be very valuable. Hey, John, I, I saw this story with uh, Aaron Rodgers basically saying once he, he's not going to hold the team up yeah. uh, in terms of making a decision on his future. He says it won't be something where I'll drag it out for months and months. Uh, and he says I'm not going to hold the team back from anything. And once I commit, and if that's committing mm-hmm. to move forward here, it will be a quick decision. So now based on the way the season has gone, He's, he's looking at potentially a back-to-back MVP season. Right. Uh, they, they've got the best record in the NFC. I mean, things are just rolling his direction. Mm-hmm. Does that change your opinion on whether he's coming back to Green Bay? It does, yeah, because, I mean, he even mentioned he would consider coming back. That's something that we never thought he would consider. And he's even having good conversations with the general manager he doesn't like. And so that, that tells you there's a chance he can come back. He also said there's a chance he could retire. That's an option, too. I don't think he'll do it. But I think that, you know, he said he'll, he'll consider it. And so, you know, all those things are on the table. So it's like, uh, you know, so he could he could be traded. You know, he can uh, ask to be because one of the things that's going to be a problem for the Packers, they're one of the four worst cap teams in the league next year because they had to restructure so many contracts just to get into the cap this year and keep their team together. And so, uh, you know, like, you know, I, I don't see any way they're going to be able to keep Devontae Adams. And that could affect what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. And so it's like, uh, and, you know, technically, you know, they could use the Aaron Rodgers money. Uh, a cap room to clear out cap room. But obviously, if you're going to be the Packers, you want to keep Aaron Rodgers if he wants to stay. 
John, I was looking at uh, some of the, the better uh, rookies yeah. this year, and Gil Brandt wrote an article on NFL.com, and sounds like Micah Parsons, oh, maybe. God. Ben, I mean, he's a rookie of the year, defensive. You think? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and then, you know, there's a couple other guys, Aziz Ojolari, mm-hmm. a kid out of uh, Georgia, I believe, and the reason why we... Patrick, Patrick Sertan. Sertan, yeah, pretty good pick by the yeah. by uh, Denver. Denver there, yeah. right? Yeah. Those so I, I think those are I think those are the main three guys. But I mean I, Parsons is so far ahead. I mean he, he may set a rookie record for sacks. He wasn't even supposed to be a sack guy, and he ended up helping yeah. him out on sacks. So it's like uh, I don't think there's any question who's going to be the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, and he was like a second level guy. You're right. Um, and then uh, yeah, he he is he has really done a, done a good job, and then made the Pro Bowl as well. Yeah, and again it's like uh, what was he like the second or third uh, defensive player taken in the draft, and you knew he was going to be good because most people considered that Patrick Sertan and Micah Parsons were the best two defensive players in this draft, and that's exactly uh, how it came down. And maybe it didn't come down in the order that it was going to be Parsons over uh, Fitzpat- uh, over over Micah, but I think you know there's no doubt that Micah is going to win the uh, defensive rookie of the year. Man, that guy is ridiculous. He is. He's yeah. such a good player. I mean, yeah. right now it's like uh, when you look at his numbers and you look what he's done. I mean, you know, uh, even though he's certainly not going to be Lawrence Taylor, but he's putting up Lawrence Taylor type numbers in his rookie year. Yeah, he's man. That's a that's a massive yeah. hit right there. Hey, did you see Frank Reich said he he reached out to Philip Rivers? <laughs> he, yeah, he yeah. Made a call to him because right now it looks like Sam Ellinger will be the uh, starter if Carson Wentz is not cleared to play. So he put in a call to Rivers yeah. and said, "There's really nothing to report." Yeah. So I don't know if Rivers just said, "Hey, I'm not I'm not up to it. I'm not probably gonna do not." It, but, but it Too sounds late. like. Uh, that's kind of a bummer because the Colts are rolling, and you know I think we're all a little bit more invested. Those of us watching the in-season hard knocks, you're kind of a little more invested in this team than you otherwise would be on any level. So how big of a blow is this to them? Well, again, they, they still have a chance that Wentz might be able to play, so they're not ruling him out yet You know, because, again, it's going to come down to the very last minute on his chances in cha- uh, playing or not playing. So that's still in the cards. But uh, you know, so they but they definitely need him, and of course, right now they're in a great spot. I think what they have the sixth uh, seed, and they're playing so well, and they're one game behind Tennessee. So it's not like, and again, they're not going to catch Tennessee because you know Tennessee's won two games. So if you're going to be the Colts, you have to be one game above them as far as wins, and they're not going to be able to do that. But I think overall, what you're looking at is that uh, the Colts look pretty good. For some reason, they had this separated in because uh, I was going to ask you yeah. about uh, the offensive rookies of the year. Just getting back to that because I could only find the defense. But yeah. on offense, you got Mac Jones. Uh, the other guy that really stands out to me, and this is vindication for Cincinnati, taking Jamar Chase because yeah. remember the draft last year, um, everybody wanted them to get the tackle out of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, do you what's his name? Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and Jamar Chase really has had a fantastic year. Mm-hmm. But Mac Jones or Jamar Chase, who do you think's rookie of the year? I, I think it's going to be because uh, you know Jones has struggled. He's kind of as most people start to think he's hit the rookie wall because yeah. he hasn't played well in the last couple games and all that stuff. But uh, you know Chase remains great, particularly with Joe Burrow, his former college teammate. And so I think that uh, you know he has the edge. Don't forget Waddle in Miami. He's a consideration. It was a good year for wide receivers in this draft. And so, but again, yeah. Chase Chase is uh, you know clearly I think the best. Well, they talk about Kyle Pitts a little bit too. But yeah, you know, Kyle that, Pitts is up there. 
But, you know, that that's unusual, right, for wide receivers. I mean, it seems like that's one of those positions where it takes a while. I remember, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we were talking. I can't remember. It was an NFL analyst, but he was like, yeah. yeah, when's the last time you saw a wide receiver have a good rookie year? It's it's pretty rare that that happens. Yeah, in the case of Pitts, he's a tight end, but certainly yeah. the most talented tight end who's come into this league maybe ever. That's how good he is. Yeah, but Chase and Waddle having really good yeah. years, it's, it's unusual. Hey, John, what, what do you think is going to ultimately be the case with uh, Carolina and their quarterback situation? I'm seeing Sam Darnold is going to get the yeah. start uh, over Cam Newton, who's just frankly hasn't been thank, thank God. I mean, Cam's been bad there. They're all in five. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Darnold's no great shakes no. either. I mean, he just feels like, all right, let's – and they almost talk about him like that, looking at the quotes from Matt Rule, just, mm-hmm. you know, hey, he's been working hard. We want to see what he can do. You, you see this team in search of another potential franchise quarterback somewhere? Of course. Yeah, of course. No question about it. So it's like, uh, you know, they'll probably end up trading uh, Sam Darnold. Obviously, they're not going to get what they got, uh, what they gave up to uh, to get him. But I think that they'll trade him. But there's no doubt they're going to be in the mix for quarterbacks. Hey, John, it looks like uh, Jared Goff didn't practice, kept mm-hmm. him out of practice uh, Wednesday. Do we know anything about the severity of that? Well, it's the knee injury right now. And I'll tell you, the one thing that we've seen now, even though we're having a big list of guys coming off the COVID list, you know, with them shortening the period from 10 to 5 days, you know, everybody's coming off. But a lot of the guys right now, you know, so, uh, who are, you know, tested positive or had symptoms and things like that, uh, you know, aren't right. Like, for example, Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Bears, I mean, he lost 10 pounds. And yeah. so it's like, uh, and, you know, some of the guys, and you even saw it from the Seahawks, a couple guys that came back and they didn't play last week. So it's like, uh, yeah, we just don't know. Yeah. Uh, John, the 206 asking for your favorite John Madden memory. Huh. My, my favorite John Madden memory was being back in the 70s and covering all those games, Steelers versus the Raiders, how you know, he was talking about the physical nature of those games, how important those games were, all those different things. And I think one of my favorite moments, which, of course, is so strange, is that, you know, he flew cross country. You know, he doesn't like to fly. And so I, there was a scary movie on. <clears throat> and all he did when he opened up the press conference was say, oh, I just saw this scary movie. And it really affects me right now. And it's like, I mean, name me it. I mean, Bill Belichick on, on, announced that he got scared by a movie on a flight. <laughs> no. Do you think that was part of his appeal, John? I mean, I, I oh, feel yeah. like he he was uh, he was a guy that would just kind of say anything. He was always yeah. very comfortable, and I, I feel like when you're comfortable, you make everybody else comfortable. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, you know, all of his different terms and things like that. He kind of brought football to people that weren't necessarily football fans. Agreed. I mean, he did it as a coach, but he certainly did it for all those years as a broadcaster, and yeah. to a point where you know he's you know got all the different type of things that he has to point out the things going on in games. The you know. boom, bang, look yeah. at this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then, of course, I mean, uh, then <clears throat> him, you know, going into food and turduckins and things like that and, you know, <laughs> basically doing visual images on the turducken, where to cut it, where not to cut it, and all those different things. I mean, he was just so great in what he was able to talk about because he made the game great. What was the turducken? Wasn't it like a, a turkey with like stuff a whole with a bunch duck of... and a chicken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I th- I thought yeah, and also I thought there was something about like a turkey that had like eight or ten legs. Yeah, something like you that. Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think a couple of those were chicken legs and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, duck exactly. stuffed in there. Um, 
Let's see. The 425 asking you, John, has Alex Collins carved out a secure place on next year's roster? Hmm, I mean, I think he's put himself in a position to do it. Now he's just got to get a contract. Uh, but, uh, no, I think he's done well enough because, I mean, he's not the starter. I mean, I think he looks as a good backup. You, know, you hope that Chris Carson comes back and starts. But I think Alex has done good enough to get a contract extension. And now you can have to st- say that Rashad Penny has done a good enough job to be considered for a contract extension. Uh-oh. Not if Bob's the GM. Oh, no. I, I, I would yeah. give I, – I would bring him back, but I would bring him back at as low a number as possible mm-hmm. so it's not punitive at all yeah. if he yeah. gets hurt again and load his contract right. with incentives. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fair. That's what incentives. I would do. I wouldn't give him any level of guaranteed money that no. if, you, if he can't play, you're going, dang, no, that was a mistake. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, you just can't control the injuries. And no. if he is a guy, and that's that's one of the things we talked to Mark Sharath about. I think the good players, mm-hmm. I mean, some guys are lucky. And we were talking about Bill Romanowski, who was really physical linebacker, yeah. and he played hard. Like, he never got hurt. Never got hurt. Some guys are just lucky or just the way that they play. But there's a, another thing that, that comes into play is that you have to, as a pro, you have to learn to play hurt. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like that's uh, that's maybe uh, something that that Penny needs to figure out. Yeah, agreed. I mean, because again, it's like even in some of the games before we started having this real good stretch. I mean, you know, he would make a couple good runs and have to go into the, uh, you know, back into the training room uh, because yeah. you know back was bothering him or this was bothering him or things like that. Hey, John, uh, a quick question we we were answering before we brought you on and that was you know what what would the season look like for the Seahawks if KJ Wright were back would it look different at all I think so yeah because I think that you know his leadership his ability to you know fill the gaps and some of those short uh passes you know the the passes to the outside and passes in the middle I think that he would have really helped there I think certainly against some of the really good running backs he would have done a good job of stopping them so it's like no I think that you know they probably made a mistake by not bringing him back John I we appreciate it we'll do it again tomorrow okay sounds good there you go if you missed any of today's cold hard facts brought to you by Coors Light made to chill download the podcast at 710 Sports. Dot com. Coming up, what will Kyle Seeger's legacy be as a Mariner? We're going to talk about that next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.